St. Paul says to us through this letter to the Philippians today something pretty radical. He says, have no anxiety at all. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Anyone who has struggled with anxiety or stress, imagine if your friend just said, stop being anxious. Stop being stressed. It would sound silly, right? Um, I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want to feel afraid. I don't want to feel stressed out. I just do. And yet St. Paul's admonition is not simply just like telling you how to feel. He's giving us a formula in it. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. What he's getting at, he's not being a psychiatrist. He's not saying like anxiety issues are not real. He's saying at the heart of every fear, of every unrest, of every bit of, of peace stealing that you might have experienced in this world, at the bottom of it is a lack of these things, prayer and petition and thanksgiving and making your request known to God. In other words, we're afraid somehow that God will not provide for us, or we've forgotten somehow by not giving enough thanks that God has always provided for us. And we're afraid that maybe next time he won't. But why, why anxiety? Why do we feel this way? Um, there's a French philosopher, René Girard, who, who had a whole theory about why there is anxiety and war and unrest in the human heart and in the world um, as it's been infected by human sin. And he came up with the, the theory of mimetic desire and scapegoating. Mimetic desire is just a fancy way of saying that we want what other people have. Have you ever noticed like two, two or three-year-olds playing like in a preschool and there's a whole big shelf of toys and a a rug that two of them are free to play on as they please, and the one goes and grabs a truck off the shelf. Meanwhile, there's other trucks just like it, all sorts of other Duplos and Legos or whatever, but the other two-year-old sees the truck he's playing with, and that's exactly the toy he wants. No other toy will do, and so they start to fight, they start to cry. It's just part of human nature. It's like built in from the time we're born that we see what other people are wanting, and we decide that's what we want. That's, by the way, how all advertising and branding and influencing works, is that we look at what we think other people want, and that's what I should want, and then we go after it. But the problem is with that, that there's a finite amount of stuff. And so if that person has what I want, then I'm going to have to take it from them, or they're going to have to not have it for me to have it. And so what Gerard says is that this mimetic desire, what it ends up happening is that we, we start to be at war with one another and even our own desires. And so what we need is a scapegoat. We need someone to put all of our, our ugly feelings, all of our resentments, all of our hatreds onto them and say, it's their fault. That's why things are the way they are. That's why there's not enough of this stuff to go around. It's because of that person or that group of people. And so we alienate them, we discriminate against them, we marginalize or we finally kill them, and then we return to kind of peace. But it's an ersatz peace. It's never really peace because that same medic selfishness is still bubbling beneath the surface. It's going to erupt through more scapegoating, more hurting one another. And this is the vineyard, the parable today that Jesus is talking about that was prophesied in Isaiah, that God has created this vineyard, the people Israel, his, his chosen people. He's done all of the work to make it bear fruit. He's dug a wine press. He's built a tower. He's built a wall. He's chosen his laborers, his people, and he's He's promised to pay them and to provide for them, and yet they don't do the work. They still argue. They don't bear fruit. And then when he sends his 
uh, emissaries to go get the, the fruit of the vine, what do they do? They don't give them the fruit. They kill these people. And then when he finally sends his son, who is he talking about, of course, is Jesus, they say something that makes absolutely no sense. Oh, it's the son. He's the heir. If we kill him, then we'll get the inheritance. Is the Lord of the vineyard likely to be like, hmm, now I don't have a son because he's dead. Who should I give the vineyard to? Maybe the people that killed him. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So this scapegoating, this selfishness, it's, it's irrational. It's self-destructive, finally. It's working at cross-purposes with what we actually want. But what Gerard said is that in taking on the place of the scapegoated victim, what Jesus does is he unmasks the whole project, the whole dysfunctional human thing. And he shows that he's the one person that doesn't deserve blame for the situation that we're in. And yet he takes it all on himself. And so kind of reverses the direction of it. That he fulfills what Adam and Eve were called to do from the beginning, which was to receive everything, to make their requests known to God in thanksgiving and prayer and petition, and to live with no anxiety at all. In total peace. That's what paradise, the Garden of Eden, was meant to be. But at the moment, they started to grasp the moment they started not to receive, but to take what they thought they wanted or what they thought they deserved, that was the moment everything went awry. And so Jesus has to come in the fullness of time to fulfill what we should have been from the beginning, this peace that he has because he, everything he has is given to him. He says, I do nothing on my own, but only what I see the Father doing. The Son is completely obedient, completely receptive to the Father, and so trust in him, even if... That trust means dying on a cross. He trusts that I don't have to have any anxiety. I can give this all, make all my prayers and requests known to the Father in thanksgiving and to receive the peace that passes all understanding. So that's the call that we all have, especially if you, if you experience anxiety or, or unrest or some kind of stress during this time in school or COVID or whatever else, um, to, to know that it's okay to be anxious. It's not your fault. It's not like if you, if you need some kind of help psychologically, that, that, that's totally legitimate. But beneath it all, maybe to ask God for this favor, um, to, to prayer, to, to prayer, to, to petition, to thanksgiving. And finally to this, I'll finish with this, what, what St. Paul tells us to focus our attention on, because we are free to focus our attention on what we want. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you.